It is the 50th episode of the Chicago vs. United audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation, featuring interviews with the premier tastemakers in the Chicago music and culture community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at chicagoverseunited.com. This week, a very special 50th episode with the Chicago music institution, Jerry Bryant of JBTV, talking about his show's 25th anniversary, its recent MUN, and its forthcoming premiere this Saturday, November 13th on NBC 5.2. Jerry, how's it going? Awesome. How are you doing? Very well. Uh, you and I were just on a panel the other day at Rocket together. And I that love was, that. It was a great experience. Yeah, it was interesting talking to, you know, to all the different people out there. And, and remember that one guy that was talking about, you know, I'm just going to do this illegal thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had someone in the audience talking about his kind of under-the-radar venue that he was very openly touting about it being illegal. So. Right. There's so many great things happening with JBTV. You guys go into NBC, the Emmy win, 25 years, and I want to get to all that. But I kind of wanted for the beginning of the interview to kind of talk about, you know, get some background on how you got started with like music and broadcasting and everything that you're doing now. Wow. Well, uh, I've had multiple broadcasting type careers. Like I started out in radio in Milwaukee at 93 QFM when I was like 16 or 17 years old. And I really loved radio. But when I was on the radio, like, you know, when you do radio, is you see pictures and I was always intrigued by television. And at the same time, I was going to the Milwaukee area technical college and MVS and MVT or two television stations there. And back then, we, we were able to do live broadcasts, like news programs and stuff. But I found that a bit boring. I love running camera and doing behind-the-scenes production. And so then we started an ad agency <laughs> and then moved uh, here into Chicago. And JBTV was from... What we would do is we would do commercials for all these great radio stations around the country, like, uh, you know, KLOS, KFRC in San Francisco, WNEW New York, you know, all these great radio stations. And uh, we'd do their TV spots, but they would, uh, the record companies would then send us a, a reel of tape that would have like Madonna on it. And that was for the TV commercial. But on the same reel was Peter Murphy. And then I had a <laughs> chance like, wow, here is Peter Murphy. No one's playing this video. Right. And that's how I started JBTV was that I had all these music videos that we used for the, the early TV commercials of these radio stations. And it was a unique way to, you know, I would say, why is this video not on MTV? Because MTV wouldn't play anything but the hit kind of video. Even back then, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, I think early on, when they first started, you know, in the first year or two, it was like the purest MTV there was because they were just doing it for the love of music. These are all those ex-radio uh, people. They all got into the TV at the same time. So they had all the freedom. When it first came out, they were, when I had Joey Ramone on the show, he says at the beginning, they, they would take anything we gave them just to get airplay. And then it got to a point, well, we don't like your videos now. <laughs> and you're no longer relevant or whatever, you know? And now it's now it's Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> well, the attention span of today's people is is uh, just like you talked about. I think on the panel is very quick now. You know. You know, and it doesn't sound like there was anything like JBTV on TV when you started. There was MTV, but it sounds like this was a totally different model that you were presenting. Oh yeah. In fact, uh, my show was so unique. I love uh, They Might Be Giants, and they got this song. Istanbul is not Constantinople. Yes, I great song. I love that song so much. I played it over and over. <laughs> And over and over for a full hour. <laughs> and I, I played it, and then I go, you know, I'm going to play this song again, because these people, these, these, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no one would ever do that now on any on any channel of anything. No, well that'd be too repetitious. But you know, if you watch CNN, you see the same you know like car crash or whatever it is over and over and over and over. So actually, they stole the idea. <laughs> <laughs> what was the operation like in the early days? Were you running it entirely by yourself? Did you the have show, a team even then? The show up until the time that uh, I have a whole new staff now, a whole new thing up until two thousand and uh, what is that nine ten. Christian, yeah. <laughs> I got the Christian Picciolini's in the studio with mm-hmm. me. We're actually editing our show right now for NBC Five Point Two Chicago nonstop. And you guys, you know, you guys are always working. And that's that's one of the things I think is awesome because right now we're conducting this interview. It's nine twenty-five at night. Most people are at home, and I'm sure you've got a full staff over there working on the show nonstop. Oh yeah, and everybody here is volunteering their time. Uh, this is all about a labor of love. We're creating art here. You know, radio sort of lost its art form. In the early days, radio was there with the listeners. Every day they were evolving. You know, the, the good old, you can, you remember some of the good stories you probably heard from the great disc jockeys of the sure. good old days yeah. about how they would help and go out and do shows and they had so much not power but just this artistic thing that tied the community together and we've really lost that now we've become the ipad mentality where all it's about how many you know saw you know it's like all you know what i mean it got the fact something could happen today that would be so cool that maybe the music around it would be there you know it doesn't happen anymore because they program radio stations and tvs it's all in advance, you know? Right. There's not a whole lot of spontaneity, you know, really in any of the mediums except for digitally, it seems. Yeah. And I think that's why Dancing with the Stars, everybody thinks that's such a big thing, only because it's live. You've been doing this 25 years with JBTV. How many bands do you think you've had up on the show? Is there any way to even guesstimate? Well, Christian would actually know how many bands have I had on the show? Yeah. At least 800. And that's not counting, like, you know, repeat acts who've come in multiple times, right? Right. Like the Danny Warhols came in two or three times. Frank Black, uh, Jeff Buckley was here twice. So, plenty, you know, we have plenty of return acts. <laughs> Who have been some of the highlights over the years, either, you know, for you personally or for the show professionally? Well, i got to tell you, every band that goes on the show I consider a highlight. I just feel that I do the television show to help these bands get exposure. Because it's so hard to get noticed in this world of millions of bands and all this media everywhere, you know? And it's night. I just get the excitement when the when I get the chance to do the first interviews, you know, like with Green Day and They Might Be Giants and these kind of bands. You know, Jeff Buckley, I mean, he did interviews, but he never had a chance to do interviews. You know, it's all about his father. Same thing with the Ramones, you know? I didn't realize when Joey Ramone was on the show, he said, you know, I never get a chance to talk. They don't let me talk. And I didn't know what he ever meant by that, because I go <laughs> like, you're like the front man. <laughs> <laughs> right. And in reality, when I watched that documentary that's been on the IFC channel and the Sundance and stuff. And they said, yeah, it, it was in there. <laughs> they didn't want him to talk. They considered him stupid. And then I had uh, that book, uh, I Slept with Joey Ramone. And right. when I had them in, I specifically asked them, did you ever let Joey talk? And they go, no, they considered him stupid, you know? And I had a chance to have a full hour with Joey Ramone, not once, but twice. And to just have him just hang out and we just sat and played videos and he was running the machine at one point, <laughs> you know, and it was awesome. I mean, it's kind of like this rock and roll clubhouse for anyone who hasn't been to JBTV there's all this memorabilia on the wall you know I've seen the archives uh, I had the pleasure of 
co-hosting one of your shows years ago when I was uh, helping put together a tribute to the Smashing Pumpkins at the Metro. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's totally this rock and roll clubhouse. That's the only way I can describe it. I really say that JBTV was the first reality show on television because in reality, it's always been a reality show of people just coming by and hanging out. We play music videos. They may pick up a guitar and play some songs. Other times they'll plug in with everything, like Wayne with the Flaming Lips. He just showed up with the band and goes, we're gonna, we want to play. And he brought in like 10,000 Christmas tree lights. And <laughs> I, didn't, I only had one camera at most point running it. And I had another guy with a little VHS camera or something. And we made it happen. That's you pretty know. incredible. You know, and, and that was a great, I mean, there's so many highlights, it's hard to say which one's a highlight, you know. And then all the backstories on these things, you know, like when we had 30 Seconds to Mars in, you know, he's talking about this video he's doing. It's online at jbtvonline.com. You can like check this stuff out. He talked about the video. The band didn't even know that they were going to do this video. And it's like a little thing going on. And literally three years later, we're like, oh, here's the new video. (laughs) (laughs) Word for word, here's exactly the way he's going to do it, you know. Now, one of the things that I've always thought was great about JBTV, you know, the show has always had strong ties to the local scene. What have been some of the proudest moments with local artists? I know like acts like Smashing Pumpkins and Fall Out Boy stopped by early on in their careers. We've had, you know, quite a few. The Smashing Pumpkins show was really amazing, you know, when Billy went up on stage and it's just that crowd and they were right up to, you know, the Metro now has that, that you, you can't like go up to the stage usually, you know, and they were like jammed <laughs> right up to the speakers. Was this for Siamese Dream? Yes. Were you at that show or? No, I wish. I was too young, but I know that when I was growing up and in high school, every once in a while I would catch some of that show broadcast on JBTV when I would watch it and I would say, God, I wish I was old enough to have gone to that. Oh, it was amazing. It was one of those magical nights, you know, and uh, there's so many shows. You know, the Metro is one of the finest venues, you know, and it, it's got something that happens. You know, you can be in a bad mood. Artists sometimes feel terrible before they go on and uh, backstage it's like, God, are they even going to get to do a show? And when they get on that stage, something happens. It's like this creative power that's there, you know? Yeah. And it's haunted, too, which the I think helps. Because <laughs> JBTV is haunted, too, so. Do you happen to know who's haunting it? Is it maybe, like, one of the ghosts of, like, one of your past guests who have passed I would, on? Or? I would sure love to have those great guests on, you know, like uh, Blind Melon. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got, like, Jeff a dead supergroup haunting huh? your studios. I would, uh, yeah. Maybe it's what inspired You've been here at the studio. You oh, know yeah. how it is. It's sort of, uh, you know, I just wish people, when they come in for the show, would be a little more excited sometimes, you know, because we sort of pick rent. You know, we want as many people to come to the studio to do these free, uh, you know, performances. We have bands perform. Yeah, it is always a treat to come up. I've been fortunate enough to come up for some shows, see some bands there against me, Empires, um, Baron Heaven very recently. And one of the things I thought was cool, too, um, I noticed this last time I was up, you know, you have this full staff now and you're still the one like handling the camera and kind of (laughs) running everything in the room. You're not just sitting back and letting everyone else do it. Yeah, I'm hands-on. I still edit uh, the actual uh, the live performances and stuff. and uh, So I do it the old-fashioned way on videotape, high-definition 1080i HD cam videotape. And uh, it's an archaic way of editing in a lot of ways, but I love videotape. There's something organic about it. You know, back when you had cart machines and radio, <laughs> yeah. there was something about doing a radio show and putting the buttons and stuff. Now it's all automated with a touchscreen, you know? Yeah, everything is a touchscreen. Everything in our culture is touchscreen now. But i got to tell you, I was against touch screens. I got a touch screen on one of my computers. Now I go to other computers that don't have it, and I'm going, what? What is this? How archaic? You're pushing the screen still, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, you've been doing JBTV, you know, you've been doing this a long time, and I know that you were kind 
of, you know, you weren't working for a corporation doing this. This was really a lot of your doing. What have been some of the struggles of operating independently? Well, uh, I've had no struggles operating independently because I used to make lots of money with my ad agency. That's so, helpful. Uh, JBTV was my hobby. So it's hard to, <laughs> I guess, understand that, that it's just been a hobby for 25 years. But the problem is the advertising business has sort of failed, and we're in a whole new world now. And I'm changing JBTV with a whole new staff, a whole new kind of uh, look. And we're going to go after uh, corporate sponsors that understand the music and are not the heavy kind of corporate sponsors that want to control anything, you know? Right. Right. Doing this podcast, I do it independently of any of the other media channels that I, you know, I'm lucky enough to work with. I wanted to have one avenue that where I only controlled the content and it was not up to sponsors or managers or anything like that. So and I, I think that's what makes radio and podcasts and the individuality of people. And I think the media lost that. They, they, they you know, these accountants came in and took over radio stations, the greatest radio stations in the country, and demolished them brick by brick for some unknown reason. Because they didn't understand the creative business, you know. It's a totally different kind of world. You know, you don't just become a band overnight. Billy Corgan didn't become Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins overnight. It no. took years of development from when he was a little kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's what the media is missing. But with the new technology, everybody's now their own critic again. And it's sort of this cool. But the problem is there's so much of it. How do you filter it out? How do you get down to where, you know, here's a real reliable source for something. I want JBTV to be the highest quality it can possibly be because if you take a flip camera or a phone with camera audio, it sounds terrible and bands don't sound good because you could be next to a speaker and just hear one of the guitars, you know? And I like to record things professionally, so it's it's like doing an album with video in high definition, you know? And I like editing to the music because it's all about showing off these artists, you know, the way they really are. I agree that there is, there's so much content out there and it is, on the one hand, I think it's admirable that so many people are throwing their hat in the ring and that they don't need to be affiliated with, you know, a large corporation or a huge media channel to do that. But you're right, there is, you know, kind of a declining scope in terms of quality. Well, quality content, I think, isn't that what America always has strived for, the best quality? How has JBTV changed throughout the years? I know you've kind of touched on this throughout the interview, but what have been some of the biggest changes from the beginning to the middle up to right now? Well, when I first started on TV, I had to go through all these rights and get all these, uh, you know, like, you just can't play videos on TV. You're going to have to, you know, they made it really impossible for me to start doing it. Once I got over that hurdle and I got all the record companies to sign releases and stuff, then I became uh, not a problem anymore, you know, and that's how we got on there. So that was our first hurdle. But I've gone through technology hurdles. Like uh, we started out with one inch uh, C-band type videotape. And uh, now, and then we went to D2 and Betacam, uh, actually Betacam, Betacam SP (laughs) and uh, DigiBetacam, which is truly an awesome format. And now HD cam and XD cam and HDV, which is a consumer grade uh, high definition format, which many bands now can utilize and do videos really low cost. So, um, but I've gone through all those technology changes from standard definition to high definition. Like, and now we're to go on NBC. We've had to go through a whole uh, thing to get new contracts and stuff. Everything is different now. It's a whole different world than it was, you know, back when I started. You know, we didn't even have uh, everything. I did was a handshake 
type of agreement, you know. Yeah. And now everything has to legally be done, you know, in a certain procedure. You know, you brought up NBC, and I mean, I think that that's a big part of the big news you guys have had recently, in addition to just winning an Emmy within the last week, and congratulations well, on that. Well, the Emmy win show. was awesome. We have the best graphics team, uh, you know, everybody, again, everybody here has been volunteering their time, and uh, I mean, we have Columbia students that have won Emmys as students. These are the high-end Emmys. These aren't the student Emmys, you know. That's pretty incredible. And so it's so cool that, you know, we can take these college kids and these these young minds out there and put them into a, a professional environment with a working television show that isn't a uh, a fake TV show that just shows at the college or something. Sure. This is, I mean, when we're on even our lowest rated TV shows, you know, we get 60,000, 70,000 people to watch, you know. Yeah. And for a young band, I mean, when you talk about exposure, they'd have to play the Metro, you know, like 20 or 30 times. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it is so important for that. I was lucky enough uh, growing up to do internships with people like Chris Payne, you know, from Rock 1035 and Q101 and, and Jenny Lezak from mm-hmm. Metro and, you know, a lot of different great talented people and those real world internships in the music industry or whatever industry you're going into, it, it makes a huge difference being able to get that real life experience. Right. And hands on and actually doing stuff that actually goes on the radio or TV. I mean, when you did your first radio thing, how was that? You were excited, right? Oh, absolutely. I still get excited. Yeah. I still get excited. I still love what I do. I mean, <laughs> I would not put this much, you, you understand this, I wouldn't put this much time into doing a podcast that, you know, is given away for free if mm-hmm. I was not excited about these things. And again, it's all about quality. See, there's something different about radio. And isn't it when you go, you've been on that air studio and you sit there and there's still maybe turntables or cart machines around and you're surrounded by the equipment. Isn't there something about that that is so amazing and so great? Yeah, no, I I definitely, you know, I still have that sense of wonder and I think it is, you know, essential to have that, you know, the ties to all the formats and mediums and artistry that came before. And just think how it is for the young artists, you know, when they're on Local 101 or they're on JBTV or they're on their, you know, on the first time on the radio or TV, you know, it's so exciting. It is. You know, and you've had the interviews, you've seen it happen right there, their first radio interview. You know how that is. You know, it has been cool having bands come on, not only Local 101, but this podcast or writing about them for Illinois Entertainer. But when you get them early, whatever the source, if it's something that they recognize and they grew up with, it's always a huge thrill for them. You can tell. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it's the same way with JBTV. Because and everyone... that's what I live for. I live for the fact that I can help these young bands. I, I just feel like that's my commitment. That's why I was put on earth, <laughs> to help you know spread the great music that's out there, especially in these hard times. You know, When people are down, it seems like every time we look around, big corporations or somebody's always trying, oh, another $20, another parking meter we're gonna have to stick up here in the corner <laughs> yep. being on nbc uh the show is gonna premiere this saturday yes november 13th correct yes and is that gonna be on like nbc5 this um, is gonna be on nbc 5.2 which is this brand new channel they all the tv stations much like radio uh have all these new digital channels there's a whole new universe out there and for this hard times with people that don't have cable or satellite tv they're still free over the air television and nbc has put on two other channels Channels. They have channel 5.2. They also have 5.4, uh, I believe it is, which is they have uh, NBC's got the uh, Universal, like the Olympics and sports and that kind of stuff. So there's this new digital channel that uh, they've deployed. It's much like radio has. I know the... Yeah, like the HD channels. Yeah, and also we're on Cam- Comcast, so you can still get us on, on basic cable, too. So that's great. You're going to be available on both of those. Yes. You know, you've been at this for 25 years. I'm sure there are many more years to come. You know, what does the future hold for JBTV? What's left for you and the show to do now? We're not going to change what we're doing. We're still 
still going to concentrate on the music. I think what's good is that we're now going to have a uh, a bigger platform to uh, expose the bands, and hopefully we're going to try to go regional or, or national again, you know, because I used to be on WOR out of New York years ago. It was so exciting because we would hit all these people all around the country, you know. Yeah, you know, just bringing outside of Chicago, I think that that's a huge goal, and I think that's essential. Well, your podcast is global, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, actually, it's Chicago. Actually, we're getting more reach right now on your podcast than any one radio station actually can do, you know? Yeah, there is that level of it's locally focused but globally available. Right. Jerry Bryant, I think all this is fantastic. You're a legend here in the Chicago music community. Really, you've had a fantastic career. It's very inspiring, and I like 100% mean that. It's it's really cool to be able to pick your brain about all these topics, and congratulations on the Emmy, you know, and NBC5, and, and 25 years of JBTV. That's pretty awesome. And we got 25 more to go. And, Absolutely. Uh, we've got all new hosts, uh, you know, Ryan Mano's over here now. Yep. You know, we had Kevin Mano, too, but uh, MTV snatched him up. <laughs> <laughs> a little network called MTV, yes. Well, you know, they do have a lot of money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but they abandoned what we were set out to do. You know, their mission statement went the wrong way. <laughs> that makes it all the more relevant that there are still guys like you doing what you do. So. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, I only do it for the viewers out there and to help uh, uh, inspire, you know, bands and, 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 the, and the people that get to listen to music and discover new music. You know, the first time you get to hear a band, then you fall in love with them, you know? And that band may never have been one of your bands until you had a chance to listen to them. Absolutely, man. Uh, Jerry, thanks so much Thank for being you. on the phone tonight. It's been a pleasure. You have a good night. Absolutely. Oh, can I say this? Bye-bye, stay high, and but of course, keep on rocking. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the 50th episode of the Chicago First United Audio Podcast, your Chicago scene salvation. Thanks so much to Jerry Bryan of JBTV for being on the show this week. You can stream and download all past episodes of the Chicago vs. United podcast at chicagoverseunited.com slash podcasts, including interviews with members of Rise Against, Fall Out Boy, Alkaline Trio, Kill Hannah, The Academy Is, and many, many more. And be sure to follow us online at facebook.com slash dynastypodcasts, twitter.com slash dynastypodcasts, and dynastypodcast.tumblr.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty and the 50th Chicago vs. United podcast, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.